you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moitier, and I'm here today with Dan Gottlieb, Sales Development Analyst at Topo. How are you today, Dan? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. So the topic for today's episode is about strategies and tactics of successful self sales development organizations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that something that is right in the topic for us. So I can't wait to get uh, to get the conversation started. But before we start that conversation and go into the detail, then would you mind introducing yourself as well as your organization Topo to our audience? Absolutely. So uh, my name is Dan Gottlieb. I am a sales development analyst at Topo. At Topo is a research and advisory firm. And so we conduct research around what the fastest growing companies are doing in sales and marketing. We, we write about it. And then we help our clients adopt those different patterns and plays inside of their companies as well. Okay. Um, my responsibility as an analyst at Topo is to research what world-class sales development organizations do. We recently published a sales development benchmark report, right, which is what we're going to talk about, I believe, today. And then my job is, of course, to write about these themes. You know, I spent time doing the job myself, have enabled and led teams to do the job of sales development. And I you know, really am passionate about the idea of welcoming sellers into the workforce early in their career. And that's why I care a lot about sales development. That sounds very much aligned with what we try to accomplish here at Operatics. So uh, it's music to my ears. Um, <laughs> so so you just mentioned it, you, you're taking a, some of the words off my mouth, which is great because it's bridging nicely to my next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, you've recently launched the 2019 Sales Development Benchmark Report. And basically, well, I read the report myself, and it's a, it's a very extensive studies or showing the results of a very extensive studies that your team have conducted by interviewing and engaging with lots of different sales development leaders. So could you tell us a little bit more about that, that 2019 Sales Development Benchmark Report? but also share with us the purpose of the study and how it was developed. Yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate you asking. It was a labor of love for me, right? <laughs> so the benchmark report is foundational to what we do as a research and advisory firm. You know, sales development is, is becoming more and more critical as an investment for developing pipeline. And so our practice and our benchmark research exists to help better understand the impact and the best practices of what right some of the world's leading sales development organizations are doing. And so how do we do this? Uh, the first is that we, we got to find data. We got to collect data around uh, and benchmark data around uh, four key categories, right? Strategy, process, Tactics and organizational design, right? So strategy, what are we, how are we anchoring the sales development process to our overall go-to-market strategy? Right? Yep. How do we think about that? How do we think about the, the way we organize people? Uh, process. So what are the different definitions we use to think about the filters around what enters sales development and what exits sales development? And these filters are really important to understand and especially to benchmark around different kinds of strategies. Tactics. So tactics are some of the most important in sales development, because this is what we actually do every day, right? We make the calls, we send the emails, and then there's a whole lot more that, to that. 
So how do you go into the details around the different kinds of tactics for different kinds of strategies to help inform the way you spend your day as a sales development rep? And then, of course, organizational design. How much should I pay my people? When should I start hiring support resources? What kind of support resources? So it's one of the only reports out there of its of its kind. That's a big motivator for us. And, and we feel the responsibility to sales development leaders worldwide to make sure that the data that we put out there is uh, not only useful and relevant, but that the qualitative analysis that goes into that is um, is insightful and yeah. and realistic. And can you tell us a little bit more about the sample of individual that you, you've had to, uh, to engage with interview questions in, in the process? I mean, are we talking about different have you tried to work across industries across company size yes and what sort of volumes are we talking about just, just to give an idea to our audience as to as to what they can expect from the report in in the content so the sample size is about 180 it's 180 different companies okay 129 to be exact but 180 sounds clean right and we survey 72 different data points and we collected all this data in, in q4 of 2018 or and we examine the data, we group the data based on four key different slices. The first one is size of the company and the way we use the, what the proxy for that is annual revenue. Yeah. So we break those into three groups, zero to 50 million, 50 to 500 and 500 million plus. The second way that we group is by revenue growth, right? So zero to 25% year over year growth, 26 to 39 and over 40%. This is how we segment out what are high growth companies. And then in another way that we'll segment out is by, especially when we think about tactics and when we think about process design, we'll segment out by average contract value. Mm-hmm. And so why is that important? Because if I'm going after $10,000 deals versus I'm going after $250,000 deals, my process and my tactics are going to be different. So we take these slices, right? And what we do is we try to look at every single one of these data points through each one of these lenses and try to make sense of the, the most important trends that are going to be relevant to people that are out there and then write about it. And then that that's sort of the first step. The second step of what we'll do is we'll then um, we'll then try to look at the specific kinds of companies that might come up with different filters and we'll call them and we'll, and we'll talk to them and, ha- and, and get more information around um, some of the specifics around what they're doing and, and try to capture nuance. You know, sales is absolutely a math game, but it requires the art of, of de- designing world-class sales development teams is in being able to find the nuance, listen to the nuance, and uh, basically use common sense to get everyone to agree to different processes or to think about the team differently. So I, I think that that part of my job is honestly one of the most exciting and stimulating because you really get to see how we're all more similar than different as sales development leaders. But one of the biggest differences that I've seen in just through the process of, of uh, developing this report is that World-class sales development teams have one thing in common. They have a director that really understands what they need and is able to advocate for what those reps need across the world and within the business. So a long-winded answer to your question. Yeah, but I like it. It's a, it's a good answer to it, though. And, and, and in terms of the nuances, I mean, you mentioned what they've got in common. In terms of the nuances, do you see a large difference between some organization as to the way they go from sales development, depending on the size, depending on the type of product services that, that they are selling, or, or are those nuances quite similar no matter what size, no matter what you are selling? And the challenges are actually the same. Both. 
really, right? So, so the nuances are in two things. The nuances are in how do we segment as a business and how does our SDR team mirror to those segments, right? Yep. So a, a classic example of this, right? We work with a, with a company, they are, um, they're in that 50 million zone and then they're, they're rapidly launching towards 100 million right now. Right. That's one of their imperatives for this year is to hit 100 million in, in revenue. They have a, a, an aggressive SMB they've, they've, as a business, primarily built their business in SMB. Right. And but what they've struggled to do, what they need to do in order to get to this 100 million target is they have to do a better job of building out their their enterprise and commercial segments. Right. So bigger deals, bigger companies sounds a really common challenge in a lot of tech companies. And so in order for sales development to mirror this imperative, they, they completely switched. And so their SDRs that support the SMB team are only working inbound leads and chat that comes to their website. And their commercial and enterprise teams are more hybrid reps, and they only focus on a set of named accounts, right? That's an example of, of nuance that is, if you look at some of the data, is going to be harder to capture. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So one of the elements in the, in the report that also kind of attract my attention because I guess it's, it's good for my business and and but it's also it's a great stats to read because I don't think I've ever had access to to, to such a stat over such a large sample of people that have been studied but uh, what you mentioned in the report is that SDRs are actually the most significant pipeline driver and and that they are approximately responsible for 57 percent of the overall pipeline generated in their companies. And, and then because SDR are becoming so important, their role is kind of moving slightly for just doing the end user pipeline generation. They can move to customer expansion channel programs and all that. Can you please comment on that a little bit more for us, please, Dan? Yeah, this is, I think, one of the most exciting things that's happening in sales development because what it's, what it's done is it, it's, it's evidence that sales development is a trusted partner in the pipeline generating ecosystem. I want to make it clear that even though this figure, 57%, this also includes right SDRs working leads that come in from marketing programs. But why, why does it capture all of this? Because SDRs are involved, right? You can't overlook the fact that SDRs are totally involved in all of these pipeline generating activities. Yeah. So with that said, why are they moving into customer expansion and channel programs? Because they are... At the highest level, the predictable outcomes and the repeatability of pipeline creation is attributed to a set of processes and leaders that can better manage those filters around what goes in and what goes out effectively. Yeah. And when you think about it that way, right, in an organization where they have a high amount of rigor and they've, they've got a culture that adheres to methodical process, you can apply that with some slight adjustments to customer expansion and channels. So as those prospecting skills can help those additional revenue generating areas in ways that they haven't necessarily been supported in the past. And they're also, they're being treated as what I call project promotions, right? Where you have high performing sales development reps uh, that are looking for their next thing. And so the business will put them on one of these special projects to prove whether or not this is something that they can adopt into, again, expansion or channel. Now that, and, you know, again, this is music to my ears. <laughs> I, think, I think it does, it does make perfect sense. You need to motivate those people who are doing the SDR role. It's important to provide them a perspective in terms of how they can 
how they can accelerate or expand their career within within a specific account or working within a specific company. And 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 yes, it, it's absolutely fundamental. And it does make sense to make more use of of the SDR function. In fact, one of the one of the one of the topics that we often discuss with clients, prospects, or, or, or individuals like yourself, then is the fact that the SDR, the SDR function is is ever changing. It's changing all the time. You know, there is we see we see a mutation, and that's kind of leading me to my next question, which is really around account-based program. It's something that is really really close to our heart. We love account-based. We love tailoring, and this is why we believe. We are successful in what we do for our clients, and we, and we do actually believe it's, it's one of our USP. But according to the research, 88% of marketers uh, mention outbound SDRs as one of the most effective channels for their account-based program. Okay? Mm-hmm. On the other end, this seems to still face challenges in executing multi-touch programs where sales marketing and, and sales development would actually work together and in end. So... Why do you think there is still so much of a disconnect between the teams? And, and, and what would be your suggestion in order to get that alignment right? Yeah, big question. I appreciate it. And I think you know, what's fundamental about account-based programs is that you're, it all starts with the accounts, right? So do we know why we're going after these accounts? And do we know why we selected this group of accounts for program, right? So why, why do they where did the disconnect usually happens? The, the disconnect usually happens around alignment on why we're going after these accounts, what the program is, what I'm asking of you as, as a sales development team to do that's different, and then how I've enabled you to do it in a way that's of minimal disruption to your job, right? Or that closer aligns to how you already see the world today. And so what does that actually look like, right? The key is, the key is presenting information to SDRs in a way that that really makes sense to them. And so an example of this, right, is what we would call an orchestration plan or an orchestration brief, right? It's this initial conversation where we talk through, here's the program, right? Let's say I'm selling Topo and I'm selling Topo to SDR directors of companies that are of a certain size. And we're running a high value offer program where we're going to give you a free uh, benchmark assessment and data readout, right? It's just an example of a program that we might run. And what's key here is that the marketing team sits down the sales development team or presents them with the the why behind the program that they're about to go do. Why is this so critical? Um, Because the SDRs need to know that what they're going to be doing is different and they need to know why it's different so that they can actually do the thing you're asking them to do. So in this case, I would be asking the SDR not to sell an appointment with a sales rep, not to sell the opportunity to talk through right their challenges and how they relate to our solution. I'm asking the SDRs to sell a meeting, to yeah. sell a benchmark process. That's really different than selling a product, right? And so you have to allow a space to un- explain that, convey that, and understand that. And then they go, okay, I'm interested. Now, what are you actually asking me to do? And that's where you have in the orchestration plan to support this orchestration brief. And so an orchestration plan says, look, here's, it's, it's almost like um, it's a blueprint, right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to send them, you know, direct mail this day. And then we're going to send them, right, a, um, you know, box of, a box of cupcakes. And then it, in the mail and in the cupcakes, it's all creating awareness around you and you reaching out. Then on day four and, and, and six, 
I want you to reach out and introduce yourself and offer to talk them through the benchmark assessment and what that process is going to look like. Yeah. That's really, really different. And by the way, here are the, here's a call template you can use, right? So here's some of the talking points and here's the copy that you can use as well around this, by the way. Right. And so my expectations of you are to make sure you make those calls on those days are to send the messages on those days and they follow that this, this messaging. But the benefit to you, which is critical, right? The benefit to you, Mr. and Mrs. SDR, is we're completely supporting you in your effort to generate net new appointments directly or opportunities aligned directly to your comp plan. Okay. And that, that, that's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of communication. And it's a little bit of reprogramming. And that's why it's so hard. And that's why there's a disconnect because a lot of teams don't know how to put in that work. No, absolutely. And, 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 and it's also kind of bridging to the next point I wanted to mention to you, which is around technologies or, or tools that can support SDR to be more productive or, uh, uh, you know, basically help them to do more, obtain more results or facilitate reporting at the back end. So then marketing and sales can get all the intelligence, the visibility on what's happening. So we see a lot of clients actually struggling with, with implementing their technology stack. And, and, and I would like to your opinion on a, on, on a simple question. I mean, do you think that that struggle is coming from the fact that organizations don't have enough time in investing enough in SDR to use technology? Or is it just that those technologies are not really yet user-friendly for, for reps to use? Oof. You know, the macro trend is, is the, the former. So I believe that, that organizations are not being methodical in why they're buying, right? They're, uh, in a lot of cases, not clear around why they buy or they are clear on why they buy, but they don't have a good plan to implement or enable. And they perhaps ignore some of the obvious signs early on. They just know, hey, look, we'll figure this out, right? Sales engagement technology is one of the best examples of this. I think it's a really fast growing organizations. And, and this what we've seen from, from a lot of our clients when they come to us with these challenges is that they they bought the tools because they know that they needed it at some point, right? And they they bought it because they know that, you know, how could I put my rep in, in, in a situation of prospect when I'm not giving them the best tools? That's a common scenario for sales engagement products. But we don't have a, re, a true admin. We don't have the bandwidth, the resources to fully own and uh, the implementation of this. And so that falls to some, you know, SDR director or an SDR manager or someone in marketing operations whose primary responsibility is not in, in enabling SDRs to use the technologies, right? And so as a result, you either have technology that isn't methodically implemented and it's just you're relying on the individual reps to figure it out, or it's not configured in a way that is aligned to best practice. And as a result, you sort of see poor behavior, like in sales engagement technology, you see tons of, you know, uh, spam-like behavior and leveraging too much automation, the tools are constantly investing in, in, in user experience and user friendliness, but it does require some degree of method when you're rolling it out to say why, right? So yeah. an example of that, outbound prospecting using sales engagement, great example, right? What kind of investment do I need to make? You have to make it not only an investment in the upfront configuration of the rules around configuring and deciding you know, what kind of automation rules do we need? What kind of syncing do we need to do with the CRM, right? But then also, should we create, should we give SDRs the ability to create their own touch patterns or cadences or sequences? Should we give them the templates that are inside of those tools? Who should write them, right? Should we? That's the kind of detail that is oft overlooked. I appreciate that. 
And we see exactly the same gap. So uh, I'm glad you're sharing the same opinion and you see that across the board. I think things will progress over time. As we see the SDR function becoming more and more predominant as part of the pipeline generation process and, and the functionality is getting more and more, I guess, you know, the, as, as SDR, we almost get more and more of our work to say in the process as well. We definitely see a change in terms of trends and we see people probably embracing a little bit more of, uh, of sales and marketing operations role as well to get those, those technology singing and dancing. But as for today, thank you very much for your time, Dan. Thank you very much for your insight. It was, well, it was great for me to listen to some of the answer that you, you, you gave to the question we asked you. But also, thank you very much for taking us through some of, some of the examples that you saw in real life. Now, if anyone wants to connect with you or carry on that conversation of, on, offline with yourself, what would be the best way to get in touch with you, Dan? Uh, well, well, thank you for having me on the show, and I do appreciate this. Uh, the best way to get in touch with me would be probably on LinkedIn. First name Dan, last name Gottlieb. I'm the only one that works at Topo, at least for now. <laughs> and that would be the easiest way to get in touch with me. That's wonderful. Well, as I said, many thanks for your time today, Dan. Thank you very much for participating in the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.